Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hello, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne, and I'm here with my old friend. You're not old, but we've known each other for a long time. This is Andrea Nyberg. Hi, Andrea. Good morning. So I brought Andrea on today because she has her own journey with mental health and wellness that she is going to share with us today, but she's also got some really exciting things coming up and a new book coming next month. So I wanted her to come on and tell us about that. So first, let's tell the people how we know each other. How about that? Yeah, I love it. Okay. Uh, so I used to work at a, a big church in the Bay Area. And when I got pregnant and had my baby, I we had to hire a replacement. And Andrea was the person that did that job after I did that job. And then what happened to you, Andrea? Yep, got pregnant and they had to hire somebody else to take my place. <laughs> So we had a joke that the next person that came in was going to get pregnant and it, they ended up hiring a guy so it wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was years ago. Now we both have preteens and yeah, it's been a while. And you're high. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about yourself, Andrea. Yeah, well, yes, mom is definitely a, a big part of who I am. I've got a 11 and nine year old. Um, and then I've been married to my husband for 15 years and have a small photography business here in San Jose. And just these last five years or so have been focusing on speaking and writing to open the door into those hard conversations of where faith and mental health collide um, and just trying to offer hope and solidarity in that conversation. Yeah. So, Andrea, I know you have a seminary background, right? Mm -hmm. And when you went to school those years ago, is this what you hoped you would be doing, writing <laughs> and speaking? It's amazing to think about, you know, when seminary for me was introduction to a lot of faith because I didn't grow up in the church um, in a traditional sense. And so I feel like seminary was kind of that safe place for me to kind of grow and have, you know, questions and things like that and work through those things, make my faith my own. And so, but, you know, it's amazing when you think about your life and, you know, you go to school and, you know, you're going to get the job. And um, I don't think I could have ever imagined that this is where I would be. But I, when I look at my life and how God has designed me, this is actually an, an excellent fit. So yes. it's neat to see how Sometimes something hard, in my case, something difficult that I've gone through has actually opened the door to, to something that I think that God has created me to do and learning that, um, that it's okay to be someone, you know, who, who is talking about these things, you know, and kind of breaking down the stereotypes of being someone on a stage, you know, like when you, when you're given a microphone, um, that doesn't mean that, you know, 
you're all like about yourself. It's just because God has given you a message to share. So I think I've learned a lot about myself and growing in accepting the way God has designed me and letting go of some insecurities from my past to step into that calling. Yeah. So you hinted there that you've been through something difficult. So do you want to just jump in and and tell us what that journey (laughs) has been like for you? Sure. So I think um, as a young mom, I think for many of us, you know, becoming a parent, you know, it's almost like stepping into one of those 365 degree mirrors, like on that show, What Not to Wear. And if I remember <laughs> that show with Stacey and Clinton, and it's like all of a sudden you just get, um, re- you just see close up all the ways that you have yet to learn and grow and um So that was what it was like for me, you know, realizing like, wow, like motherhood is challenging. Um, Our bodies go through changes as women. But what happened to me as a young mom, when my daughter was around three and my son was around one, um, we were transitioning him from um, weaning from breast milk to solid foods. And my body just went through a significant shift. I just wasn't myself. I was um, feeling afraid of everything all of a sudden, and then I was just falling into a deep depression. And so long story short, I ended up having a panic attack. And for me, I had never experienced that before. And it felt like I was having a heart attack. It was one of those things where when you don't know what's happening in your body and it things just feel so off. It was very frightening. So, you know, it was the whole, you know, calling 911, getting an ambulance ride to the ER, spending hours upon hours there Mm -hmm. and having them say, you're fine, you know, go home and get some sleep and take a chill pill. And just the, the depth of despair and confusion just started closing in around me, you know, like, how can this be happening to me? Like, you know, I love Jesus and um, I'm faithful to him, you know, like what is happening and, and why aren't there more resources available? Like what's going on? So a couple of weeks before the panic attack, I had noticed, you know, this huge shift in my body. Mm -hmm. And I was part of a a mother's group at our church called mops, mothers of preschoolers, for those of you who might not be familiar. And we had a private Facebook group where we could, you know, post encouragement, ask questions, just about anything and all the things motherhood related. And I had just thrown up, you know, a post about um, how I was feeling. I felt that God was asking me to open up and and just put myself out there and say, hey, something's off. Here's a few of my symptoms. Can anybody else relate and give me some, you know, just let me know that I'm not alone. And that post in retrospect was a life altering moment for me, not only because so many women responded to that post, but a few of them responded with some tangible tools and some next steps that I could take. And actually it was a mutual friend of ours, uh, Rebecca, um, who private messaged me. She had just begun an internship at a local uh, Christian counseling center here and just offered just this gracious um, response to my post, you know, saying like, you're not alone. And as I've, you know, been getting to know some of the ladies here, here's three names and numbers. So if you ever feel like you want to reach out for help, um, this is just available to you. 
And so when I got home from the ER that night, feeling like a total lunatic, you know, yeah, <laughs> I was the, thinking the I was ER. about to never see my children again. And then they're telling me I'm fine. And it's so confusing. It's so invalidating, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and I get it. Like ER professionals, I, I, I so appreciate them. They're their job is to make sure I'm not about to die, <laughs> but um, I would love to see more a raise in mental health awareness there. So I just got home feeling like such, I felt like I was losing my mind. Um, and so uh, God brought to mind Rebecca's message that next morning. And I called the first name on that list and I got in to see her that this was like a Friday that the panic attack Saturday, I called Monday, uh, morning, I was sitting in her office, and after having spoken with me briefly, she just she handed me a sheet of paper and asked me to look at, um, you know, it was like a list of symptoms and a list of things, and asked me to check off anything that resonated. And literally everything on the page had a check mark by it, and it was it was just in that moment, you know, she said, you know, this is what's called generalized anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. and clinical depression is kind of the flip side of that coin. Many times they go hand in hand. You'll experience anxiety and then you'll feel depressed and then vice versa. They trigger each other. And so the weight that was released from my body in that moment when my therapist, her name is Janie, um, just let me know, like there's a name and there are tools to help me get through this. And so um, I began my journey um, in therapy. I had never been to therapy before. And now that I have been through it, I wish I had started 20 years ago, you know, like um, it just, it, the anxiety and depression, the panic attack rather was what got me into yeah. therapy. But once I began, I, I went every week um, for a solid year and a half um, before God started introducing some other resources. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I realized there was a lot of things, even from my childhood, that I had that I needed to work through. And that was just the door, like I mentioned earlier, that hard thing yeah. that actually ended up being a blessing in disguise. Well, it's and- the same as if you had had a heart attack. Like the heart attack is the symptom of the thing that's going wrong. Like you either have genetics that give you heart disease or you've had a, mm. a lifestyle that's contributed to clogged arteries. But then the heart attack is the wake up call. And it's the same with a uh, panic attack, I think, is that it's your wake up call. You feel like you're dying. You have to do something now. You have no choice or you will not be able to carry out your life as you would like to live it. Right. That's a very good point. And to that point, you know, looking back, leading up to that, you know, when I started feeling off, I had turned to binge eating as a coping mechanism to deal with this pain that I didn't exactly know what was going on. I was eating a ton of sugar, drinking a ton of caffeine. I, because I wasn't sleeping, I was, I was waking up in the middle of the night, just afraid, you know, someone was going to break in and harm all of us, you know, it was things like that. And so, like you said, that's such a good point. Like something was going on and my body was trying to tell me and give me these cues Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand what was happening. So I just tried to mask the pain, you know, through food for me. Um, I know many others, you know, there are many other vices that we can turn to. Um, But we're good Christian girls. So we go for sugar. (laughs) Gluttony is the, you know, the good Christian uh, sin, right? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> the acceptable um 
addiction. Yes, yeah. unfortunately. So your your first experience with panic was really in this postpartum period. So would you classify what happened to you as a postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression? Or does it feel like it's different from that? I have I have wrestled with that for many years trying to distinguish because there I think there definitely were pieces of it that were strongly related to the postpartum, you know, weaning a baby, um, all of those things definitely play into it. The further along I get on my journey and I can, I have mm -hmm. hindsight, I realize that the anxiety actually for me began in my early twenties. Mm. Um, all of a sudden being afraid of, you know, going over a bridge, riding on a roller coaster, like more than just that regular, you know, God-given fear, it became debilitating where I would start to, it was almost like, um, OCD borderline yeah. behavioral behaviors that began. But again, it was like, they would come and go. Um, and so it wasn't until, you know, this panic attack when my son was, was one. So I think for me, it was a blend. I think that my body had already begun a process of, trying to handle some things that were under the surface. Um, and I just didn't, that wasn't something that was regularly talked about even in my early twenties. Yeah. And so, but I do think, you know, I, I was going to see the doctor and, you know, for anyone that's had a baby, you go and they have the check-ins and you fill out the forms and, and I was filling in, I mean, it was pretty obvious right away that there was something going on and I just don't, my doctor kept telling me to reach out, you know, oh, maybe you should talk to the psychiatrist. But for me, I was like, well, I'm not going to call her, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, like looking back, I'm like, what, what might've been a better way to handle that? Because putting it in my court, I know that sounds, you know, difficult, but when you're in the middle of it and you're not exactly sure what's happening, it's hard to be proactive and reach out because it's like, wait a second, you're, you're recommending me to the psychiatrist. Like, what am I crazy now? You know, like all those things, all those misconceptions that go through my mind anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe someone else can relate to that. So I think looking back now, you know, I I've been thinking like, what are some better ways that our medical society, our doctors, particularly in the postpartum, because that is a very challenging season to be holding. For me, it was like everything I had ever wanted and yeah. yet simultaneously feeling like they'd be better off without me. Yeah. And that was really that turning point for me, realizing um, that I was having what I call pre-suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Mm -hmm. um, I had not, it was not active suicide. It was passive, just thoughts of like, well, I don't want to hurt myself, but if God took me out in a car accident, that would just be better for everybody. Things like that is how I started to feel. And so, and I know many young moms struggle with just that feeling of that. It, it, our, our greatest blessings can feel like a burden, um, especially when there's that imbalance in our, in our mental health and our emotional health. Exactly. If you've listened to the Soul Grit podcast for even one episode, you know my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the e-course 
faith integration for therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. So that really gave you a heart for moms, I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was it was there already, but um, yeah. tell, us, tell us how you kind of shaped this idea of reframing motherhood. Yeah. Well, um, when I first began sharing my story, you know, it was actually at the MOPS group and um, I just looked up and looked out, you know, as I'm sharing even what I'm going through in that moment and realizing like, there are so many people who are struggling. And it was in that moment, you know, just shaking like a leaf on a tree, reading word for word, something I had typed out that God whispered to me, um, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to, we're going to keep talking and we're going to keep opening the door to this hard conversation. Mm -hmm. And so um, the first thing I did was um, I went to a speaker's conference to learn like, well, how do I become a speaker? How do I do this? And um, like I mentioned, I, I've, I had been a photographer for several years at that point And as I began thinking about, you know, mental health, the language of photography and identity marry together so well. Mm. And so I kept having this vision of just like thinking about the lens that I'm looking through. The lens that I had been looking through for so long was tainted by shame. Mm. How can I be a Christian who's struggling with mental health? What's wrong with me? Why is God not hearing my prayers? Um, Do I just not have enough faith? Is my faith even real? And that lens of shame had just tainted um, the hope that I had in Jesus. And so as I learned, you know, how to make a message of hope, you know, how to bring hope through my message, um, the word reframe kept coming to mind. And, And God was inviting me on my own journey before I was, you know, to share it with others to say, Andrea, I'm going to teach you how to to reframe this whole thing, you know, to look at it through a different lens because your circumstances have not changed and they won't change. Like this is a storm we're going to have to go through. I, you know, I read recently a quote, you know, that, that God didn't, um, he didn't take away the Red Sea. He parted it. And this was what he was inviting me to. And so it was like, we're going to, we're going to reframe this journey. And what I've come to understand now, um, as someone who's been living with anxiety for a long time, you know, reading my Bible became very difficult because um, for anyone who is familiar with the Bible, there's about 365 times that God says, do not be afraid, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not even like a suggestion. It's a command. Right. And, and I kept reading that feeling and seeing this, this disappointed father wagging his finger in my face, Andrea, don't be afraid. I've told you over and over and over. And that's the lens I was looking through. And along my journey of of therapy and eventually medication, um, I had been in therapy for a year and a half and fought the idea of medication severely because number one, I had been on migraine medications that just 
messed me up big time. So I was really afraid of medication, but also from that faith, but you know, I'm like, man, I got an essential oil my way out of this. I got a herbal <laughs> remedy my way out of this. Cause that's the right Christian thing to do, right? The things that God has already put on this green earth. And that was what I had convinced myself was the quote unquote, correct way of handling this mental health crisis that I was in. And it was not until one day um, sitting with Janie in a therapy session, just, you know, after very many gentle conversations about this idea of possibly considering medication that she, she said so wisely, Andrea, we've considered everything that could go wrong today. I want to, I want to consider what could go right. Yeah. And then that was a turning point for me. And so, um, I have been on medication since then. And for me, you know, um, it's not an easy journey and it's not one that I take lightly, but it, it, it lifted that fog so that I could begin to do the reframing process that God was inviting me into Mm -hmm. to lift, to clean off that lens of shame and, and reframe to see him rather than him wagging his finger in my face saying, Andrea, stop being afraid. Cause I've told you a hundred times. Mm-hmm. It was this invitation to say, Andrea, I command you not to be afraid because I'm going to be with you. Like you don't have to fear because I've offered you my presence. And that again, changed everything. The, the book of Isaiah in the Bible, um, especially chapter 61, um, when Jesus talks about releasing the prisoners from captivity and offering them freedom, that for me was what it felt like. It was the, the, the chains of mental illness, the chains of shame and self-sabotage. God was saying the, the key's already in your hand. Mm-hmm. You just have to choose to unlock it now. And I'm going to give you the strength and the wisdom to do that. Yeah. So it's been a really neat journey of seeing, um, God continues to teach me, you know, reframing, um, basically moving from shame into the freedom that he's offering us. Yeah, that is beautiful. That that passage that you mentioned in Isaiah 61, that's kind of like my, like, I never liked the term life verse, but like, that's mm. like my my keystone verse for my work as a counselor was like, bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives, you know? Yes. <laughs> It's so fun to talk to you because we know some of the same people and like Rebecca, the friend that you mentioned is like one of my favorite people on the planet. And Janie, your counselor was in my program with me when I was going through school. Um, So I also want to mention just for anybody listening, like if you're going through this struggle with like our meds for me, is this what real Christians should do? Like Andrea is giving you her testimony that this was the thing that helped her unlock the key that Jesus already gave her. I also want to mention that um, our mutual friend, Drew Frozy was on the podcast last year Mm, to talk about the same thing about how he, as a pastor, had to make that choice that medications were going to be necessary for him to turn the boat in the right direction. So I'll Mm. I'll link that episode in in the show notes too. So um, it's fun that that all kind of comes full circle because you know drew too (laughs) love it yeah um so tell us a little bit more about now that you've been through this whole arc of god revealing these things to you and healing you in places and showing you places that need to heal that you didn't even realize you needed to heal Mm -hmm. um 
now that that's happening, and I know that's not a journey that's just done. It's a journey that you're going to continue to walk for the rest of your life. But um, mm. what what are you offering now? How are you helping people? Yeah. Well, um, the speaking journey is really what I began. You know, I just wanted to let other moms especially know that they were not alone. So um, I've been sharing my testimony um, at groups, doing podcasts like this, just trying to get the word out of hope and solidarity to other people that they're not alone if they love Jesus mm-hmm. and are living with these um, these very difficult issues that for many of us will be a lifelong journey. Um, And the other thing that's happened as I began speaking and just meeting more people and, you know, time after time, people saying, gosh, I wish I had met you sooner. I wish I had heard, you know, mentor moms that were there, you know, to, to help these young moms come about. They were coming up to me saying, gosh, you know, this message is so needed. And there's only so many times you can hear that before, like, man, we've got to do more. And so, um, God began whispering, um, in my ear that he wanted me to write a book about my journey. And so that is what I have been working on, um, through the last two years, it's been quite a journey because I've had health problems along the way, um, non-mental health related things, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I've, I've got special, yeah, I am special. That's why I am. I am special and I'm extra. (laughs) Um, but it's, so my book is coming out next month and just the fact that that's actually happening is just a testimony to God's faithfulness because, you know, when, when you're asked to do something and, you know, writing a book sounds so romantic and so, you know, amazing. And I just want to say that it's just, um, whatever God asks you to do, he will give you the strength, the tools and the courage to do it. And so, um, that has been quite a journey. So, um, the book is, it takes us through that passage in Isaiah 61. Um, that, that passage really frames the book and just the many things that I learned on my journey in my therapy sessions with Janie, um, she has given me permission, you know, to share about those things and, um, just how to take that next step. So number one, sharing my story to help, you know, you're not alone. And also, realizing that everyone that reads the book may not be personally affected, but they know and love someone who is. And so my hope is to not only bring that hope and solidarity to the people that are struggling, but to also just kind of open the door into the behind the scenes footage of what it looks like and feels like for a person who doesn't struggle, because that's equally challenging, right? That's part of the lifelong journey, as you mentioned. Um, My husband, for example, is, you know, we are complete opposites. I'm (laughs) like empathy. He is logic. And mental health is not logical. It's not. It doesn't make sense. There is no rhyme or reason for why, you know, I should feel as afraid as I do or as sad as I do. Yet, nonetheless, it is very real Mm -hmm. and it is very debilitating. And so that is my hope is to to kind of reach both sides of that um, that journey for people and offer them um, tangible tools in the book and a prayer at the end of each chapter as we just as we walk through um, 
embracing the both and of what it looks like to love Jesus and live with mental health. So the book is called I'm Such a Masterpiece, <laughs> um, Shattering Stigmas, Reframing Fear, and Finding Ourselves Fully Loved. Yeah. And the idea of the masterpiece is just that, like our mess does not discount the fact that we are wonderfully, divinely crafted creations. And sometimes our mess can be the very thing that God uses to bring about our biggest blessings um, and our biggest impact on the world. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the book comes up out at the end of March, right? Mm -hmm. And this episode will air at the beginning of March. We're recording in February, but it's going to come out uh, one of the first weeks of March. So um, can you tell people, like, are you doing pre-orders or where can they get it? And how can they find Absolutely. out more? Yes, absolutely. Um, we It's going to be available on Amazon, pretty much anywhere you can find a book. Um, it'll be there for you. The, I think the ebook comes out a couple weeks before. It, the oh. book releases on March 28th. And then I am make, also making an audio book, which will nice. be available in May, because I know many people are in that season and that just works best. So at this moment, um, I've actually got a gift for... Um, people that want to follow along on this journey and um, get on. And I have an email series that's been going on. We're just, we're on week four right now of a 10 week email series leading up to the book. And I actually have got the first chapter for free for people to preview that. So um, going just to my website, Andrea M Nyberg.com. Um, you can sign up there and um read that first chapter and get in on that 10 week journey with me. Um, and then you'll definitely, um, be let known <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about, um, the coming weeks of the book coming out. So awesome. And I will have that website and everything in the show notes for people. So they don't have to guess on spelling or right. anything. Like I know that. <laughs> what's that M and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, are you going through a publisher or are you self-publishing? So I am doing hybrid publishing. Okay. So it's kind of the, an in-between between, between uh, working with a publishing company that is established. Um, this is a God-honoring God company, um, but it's still a self-published. Um, it's still considered self-publishing um, as far as versus traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a, it's a company called Redemption Press. Okay. And um, they've produced many wonderful books and... Um, they are an, an excellent partner in just helping to get the word out and spread it to um, hopefully a greater reach, you know, because to reach more people with the hope and that they're not alone. Out, take out some of that technical, like you get to focus on really caring for the people, like the people that sign up your, for your emails and, and getting the good content mm -hmm. out there. And then they can worry about like, how do you do printing and how do you do absolutely and things like that? So that's good. Yes. Okay. It's an excellent partnership. Yes. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I can't wait for that to come out and to um, just have the full scoop on the story that you've been through and where God's taking that. And I'm sure there'll be more podcasts and speaking opportunities for you for that too. So that's great. Thank um, you. Can you tell us now, what are you doing for soul care? Absolutely. Um, 
I am a very visual person. So visual reminders are important to me. So one of the things that um, I've been doing um, since I'm on the computer a lot with with writing and, and emails and things, uh, I designed um, in Canva. I don't know if you are. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a graphic designer, but Canva makes it so simple to do right. something. Right. Um, but I have the wallpaper on my computer. Um, I went in and just put down some things so that every time I open my computer, I've got that reminder. So um, I've got the, the verse of Isaiah 58, 11, and the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. And you will be like a well-watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So I've got one of my favorite Bible verses there. And um, it's kind of like, three different squares across the, mm -hmm. the, the screen there. And then I've got three reminders. Um, one is the first thing that I do when I sit down is to, to meet with God, to, to invite him into my day. Um, even if it's just a simple prayer, um, or I might spend time reading my Bible, but it's just that reminder, like, don't just take that minute, you know, to meet with him and invite him in first, um, to use what's in my hands that was something that I had learned of at a at a, a conference that I recently went to. That sometimes I can get pulled in, you know, to this ne the next best thing, the shiniest, the newest thing, this this new conference, this new um, thing that's out there. And and God is just saying, and He's like, Andrea, you have so much already in your hands. So let's let's start there. Mm -hmm. um, and then the reminder to depend on Him as the true source, um, not on myself not looking to the people around me, um, for my, my worth. Um, and just that reminder that what I do speaking about anxiety and depression and mental health as a believer, um, does not encapsulate all of who I am, mm -hmm. because I think that can get very tricky. Um, when you are putting yourself out into a public space like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, that is one of the ways, uh, a visual reminder that I have for myself every day, um, to care for my soul, care for your soul by that constant, like reminder, recentering on what are we really doing here? What's God calling me to? Right? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your message of hope and solidarity. Um, I really encourage all of our listeners to go out and sign up for that email series. And then you'll know as soon as Andrea's book comes out and find that on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Yay. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Anne. It was a pleasure. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at soulgritresources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com. <laughs>